My name is Sean Thomas. I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you got to keep moving. you got to stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. why why do you want to be more today than you were yesterday you already know that you have to trust the process and just be persistent you already know that next level results require next level effort period but why is today different than any other day what's your why how are you gonna get to the next level see most of you want to make it to the promised land of success but aren't willing to make the sacrifices let me be clear. Nobody said it was gonna be easy. No handouts, no excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your wife for the 5 a.m. wake up call. Find your wife for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your wife to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm up for this moment right here, today. Are you finally ready to play? You gotta decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action. Just be better. Just be more. Be more today. Time now for Staying Healthy, sponsored by Jag One Physical Therapy. Here's Jag One President and CEO, John Gallucci Jr. It's National Athletic Training Month. We're so excited to support our athletic trainers. I've been a practicing athletic trainer for 31 years in the tri-state area, and I'm proud to support my colleagues each and every day. New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, our athletic trainers are out on the fields, the court, the ice, protecting our children, protecting our athletes. Jag One Physical Therapy Athletic Training Services can be found at jag1pt.com that's j-a-g-o-n-e-p-t.com to keep our athletes safe and healthy certified athletic trainers are always ready to help when you or your child gets injured jag one physical therapy is the leader for rehabilitative care in new york new jersey and pennsylvania they'll help you get back to the life you love to find a location near you or learn more about their physical therapy and athletic training services visit jag1pt.com that's j-a-g-o-n-e-p-t.com What's going on, folks? Your boy again, Dr. Sean Thomas here, back in the building with the Be More Today show. We are back, we are back, we are back in the building. It's still in the month of March and celebrating some great athletic trainers for Athletic Training Month. It's been a phenomenal month, showcasing ATs across the spectrum, showing you guys what they do in various areas of our fitness and athletic world. And I want to say thank you for your love and support of this show. This show has grown so much in the last four years. Again, 73 countries. 43,000 downloads. It's thanks to your love and support that this show continues to grow. Be More Today is a movement, and we feature all things that are health and fitness related. And as you already know, my book is on Amazon. The podcast is everywhere. Uh, our Be More Today Facebook group is growing. So if you want to join a group of people who are just trying to be better, trying to be more, go on Facebook and join our Be More Today group. Of course, our more merch continues to be out there on our website, bemoretoday.com, for all your fitness needs. Uh, our quote for today is, it's simple as always. Before I get into that quote, I invited uh, 
our first AT for this month as a guest on the show today. Again, my job at Jaguar Physical Therapy, where I work for my my nine to five regular job, uh, focuses on a number of things. And one thing I focus on is community engagement and inclusion. And from National Athletic Training Month, I said, let me bring on someone who has more energy than I do. Someone who is as enthusiastic about what they do for their platform, for their life, for their why, as I do. And that person that I met this year is none other than my new best friend, uh, Ryan Stevens. Now, Ryan Stevens is going to be our guest host today, but he's also the senior director of athletic training at Jaguar Physical Therapy and a founder and host of the Catalyzing Podcast for Athletic Trainers. So, Ryan Stevens, what is going on? What's up, my man? High five out here. Looking forward to another conversation. Always great to see you. And I uh, really appreciate this opportunity. And thank you so much for doing your part to, to help spread the great things about athletic training through your podcast. Listen, I appreciate you and your tutelage and your leadership and your energy. Uh, like-minded people, whenever we get together, it's always a great thing. So I appreciate you. And the quote for today, Ryan, I actually, I, I want you to talk about it a little bit to kind of get your thoughts. It's by Booker T. Washington. And he said, success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life, as by the obstacles which one has overcome while trying to succeed. When you hear that quote, Ryan, what, what thoughts come to mind? What do you think about when you hear that quote? The, the first thing, the two things come to mind. First is uh, the, the term pursue mastery, which is actually one of the mantras of our JAG1 athletic training program. It's just a matter of, you know, you're going to fight battles. You're going to always be climbing and working towards being a little better. You're going to make mistakes. You're never going to be perfect, but you're always working towards learning from what you've done in the past, learning from what you've gone through in the past. So when I when you shared this quote with me, the first thing that stuck out to me was that mantra that we have with our athletic training team is just regardless of what happens, we're going to learn from it. We're going to grow from it, but we're just going to continue to pursue mastery in our craft, in our field, but also as humans, as person, um, you know, personally and professionally. So that's the, the first thing that stuck out. And then the second part is just a matter of we all make mistakes we all screw up. We all do things that could have done been, been done better. Um, I've learned a ton from my career, from things I could have done better, from mistakes that I've made. And I think that's what has helped me to get where I am today is because I've learned from those and take, taken those lessons and helped others to avoid those pitfalls in our profession, um, those other challenges that I came against as well. So I also see it as that way is those obstacles that we overcome helps us to teach others so that they hopefully don't have to overcome those obstacles themselves. Yeah, completely agree with you. I had a coworker of mine say, and and I won't say their name or anything, but they were new to our, our office and they said to me, they don't make any mistakes. And I was like, mm. and I, I know the person said it like kind of joking, but also kind of serious, like thinking they don't ever make mistakes, but we all make mistakes, man. I think part of the the, the growth is, learning from your mistakes and moving forward because you can't get any better unless you make mistakes on certain things. There's so many things that I've messed up on and I know we're a whole book about the great things we've done and I've done, but so much of that book is really focused on mistakes and things I messed up on and things I learned from to get better in my craft, in my life, professionally, athletically, you know, as a father, whatever else. So I agree with you. Um, it's that thing that you, if you can take that thing and really make it a positive. But if you don't take that thing and make it a positive and you just focus on the great things, you're never going to ever grow. You're never going to ever succeed. And um, one of the things I love about athletic trainers is that you all come together to help people succeed in their craft. And they make mistakes on the field and even in terms of injuries, whatever else. But you really do a great job of helping them to get past those things to be great. And um, I had to bring you on the show today, Ryan, because we have three more ATs that we want to bring on for our final series. We've done a whole four-part series for ATs for this month. And if you don't mind, sir, I'd love you to introduce these three trainers that we have on the show today. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the goal of today is to really highlight what athletic trainers do in the professional and the clinical realm, uh, professional and collegiate realm. And so, you know, three fantastic members of our team at JAG1 Physical Therapy that we, we brought on today. 
we got one in each of those realms and then one of them who has worked in both of those realms uh, extensively. So really excited to, to share three great people. First off, I want to uh, introduce Alexis Ayala. Alexis is our athletic trainer with Rutgers Club Sports at Rutgers University. He also previously was an athletic trainer in multiple stints uh, in minor league baseball, um, independent league uh, for, for multiple teams. Um, he's done internships in, in, in professional baseball. He's just always had a passion for, for that realm. And uh, he's, he's just one of our, our amazing ATs that has just done so much in his career. I've had a pleasure of knowing uh, Alexis for, I think, uh, you know, going on seven years now, right, Alexis? I think, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so seven years now, and um, it's been a pleasure watching him grow. So excited to, to feature him here. We've got Juliana Mangano, who is our athletic trainer with the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. So she's exclusively in the professional sports realm. The Ferry Hawks are a professional uh, independent league professional baseball team, but Juliana also has experience in the collegiate setting. Um, she has experience with uh, professional women's hockey with professional soccer uh, and as well as secondary sports. So she really has tied that all together. So wanted to, to feature Juliana as one of our ATs here. And then Patrick Zahn, he is full-time in a collegiate setting. He is full-time at Karen University in Bucks County, PA. Him and uh, one other athletic trainer take care of the, the student athletes there. And uh, Patrick's been an AT uh, since 2019. And um, in addition to that, he's also got uh, some specializations in strength and conditioning um, through the NSCA. And uh, really just the, the three of these athletic trainers are so well-rounded and are different points in their career, all serving those professional and uh, collegiate sports realms. So I thought, what better trio to, to have this conversation with than uh, Alexis, Juliana, and Patrick. So thank you, the three of you, for joining Sean and I today on this conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for having us. Listen, we're super excited to have you guys on. And I just have a question for each of you. You can answer any order that you want. You're all ATs. You all work for our company, Jaguar Physical Therapy. And we love our company. But for those who don't know who we are and what we do, what makes working under this umbrella, Jaguar, in our uh, various offices and our various AT um, uh, connections with community and other places, what makes our program, our athletic training program, different than any other program that maybe you know of or have seen out there? What makes us special compared to everybody else? Anybody can answer. Uh, I mean, for me personally, it's pretty much getting used to the sheer scope of the reach that JAG has. Uh, most of my locations, contracts, or my entire career, I've kind of been like a one-man show, a little bit of a lonely island. So transitioning here has been a completely different experience just like even seeing our like newsletters coming out every week in the emails seeing all the different locations all the ways that jag makes an impact and just like touches individuals uh, it's been it's different it definitely has been a different experience and i've been looking forward to like experiencing more of it like i've expressed that with ryan like just getting more involved in what we could do to kind of reach out and help get back not just athletically mm. So, and the bounce off of that is the fact of like the scope that we reach, um, the community of just like the athletic trainers that we're all part of and the PTs and uh, PTAs, anyone that we interact with is just knows what we do, helps us out. The communication between everybody is just very fluid. And just if I have an issue, somebody else that I can have a quick conversation with that can help each other out. But also I have done some PRN um opportunities through jag one as well besides just being here at karen and they know when we show up we have the jag one logo they know what to expect and they know that we're going to take care of them regardless so being under this umbrella with um all our fellow ats here there's a standard and as you guys were talking about the quote and what ryan said is very much in uh embedded in all of us to make sure we're doing the best we can for every single athlete we see so for me, I think being a young grad, new grad, um, the family aspect of JAG1 has been the biggest, greatest thing in my life so far. Um, I think there's a lot of struggles that you face once you get out of college, especially working your first job in professional sports. So for me, working under JAG1, I've had so many resources, so many people to help me kind of grow and build in this new experience that I'm going through. So I think the family aspect, community aspect of JAG1 has been the best so far. That's great. I appreciate all your, your thoughts and comments. And, you know, as someone who 
I've learned so much talking to Ryan and talking to all the ATs this month um, about what you really do and what we do collectively when it comes to uh, engaging our athletes and our, uh, our our current regular patients in our in our clinics. Um, but I think a lot of people still get confused when we talk about the difference between uh, working with this population, professional athletes, collegiate athletes, as you know, I was a collegiate athlete at one point in time as well. So I know for a lot of listeners, they don't really know you know, what the difference is between maybe what you're working with in terms of your professional athletes, your collegiate athletes, and our regular population of people that you may see, you know, in a clinic or people who are just doing, you know, regular things throughout the week in terms of activities. So what's one of the major or some of the major differences between, you know, working with these athletes, these high level athletes that you work with on a regular basis versus maybe working with someone that you may be seeing during the week for other things that aren't so intense? I mean, I, I can go. I don't want to just keep going. If anybody else has something to say, uh, I know for me personally, I find myself having to pump the brakes on the professional athletes a little bit more. Uh, everybody thinks that there's no difference between like that weekend warrior or even like a, like maybe a D3 or, you know, like a JUCO type college athlete. And when we're talking professional athletes who this is their job, this is their career, this is not just a goal or you know, a dream. This is what they do for a living. They eat, sleep, and breathe this. So when there's the slightest bump in the road, I feel like I have to place more emphasis on rest, recovery, slowing them down. Because otherwise, they will run themselves into the ground very quickly because they want to be out there. They're constantly pushing to do more. I mean, yes, can we challenge them more? 100%. But at the same time, part of the balance of what we do is to make sure they do it gradually, progressively, safely, so that way, we, once we get them back there, they stay there. So for the collegiate, it's basically kind of the same thing that you just said, but also the fact that like every one of these athletes, to them, even though I'm at the D three level, every game to them is their, their Super Bowl. So uh, they want to be out there. They want to do the best they can when they have to come in our room and they have to do their rehab. They have to, in a way, we have to remind them that they are a human first instead of their sport. So they have to make sure that, I mean, at the college level, I'm at the D3 level. Um, some might be able to. We do have a couple athletes that are going into minor league uh, soccer. So at, you never know when they're going to end up at the professional level to an extent. But they have to realize that sport itself is their life now but you have to remember your body will be used for the rest of your life that's one of the biggest things that me and my coworker Christy try to implement these athletes your sport is your life but again pumping the brakes got to be able to use your body for the rest of your life even though when it comes to the difference between like general population people they're trying to just get back to their normal life if they're in the PT clinic but these athletes have to remember that's Sports is their life, but you also have to remember there's a part of it afterwards, especially at my specific level at the D3. If it's at D1, you have a little bit higher chance of them going professional. Sometimes you have to pump the brakes because you want to preserve their career. But when the college level is specifically at mine, they have to remember there's a whole other part of life outside of it. So that for when it comes to college specifically and the D3 level, that is the biggest one of the biggest challenges and just also the entertaining part of this, the complexity of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, feeding off of uh, both Alexis and Pat, I think it is the checks and balances. Um, having more experience now in professional sports, I think, I think that there is a sort of challenge because yes, of course, we want our athletes to all you know go to the end goal, and I think no matter what setting you're in clinically, we are goal oriented. That's the nature of athletic training. That's the nature of patient care is always goal oriented and wanting the best possible outcome. So I think between college, doesn't matter, um, to professional, to regular physical therapy setting, we all want the best for our patient, but sometimes we have to tweak small things to make sure that they get to that goal, but within reason. Absolutely, and let's build on that a little bit, because we're gonna go right to the, the question about the challenges, because you were already alluding to it with all three of you. Um, you know, Liana and Alexis, when it comes to the world of minor league baseball, independent league baseball, what are one or two real big challenges that athletic trainers might face on a regular basis that's unique to that setting compared to either other sports or other uh, levels of competition? I would say, 
Yeah, I would say for me, I think the season is so short. I mean, it seems long, but you get thrown in and you have to gain this trust and this respect right from day one. So I think a huge challenge would be just getting that respect from not just the players, the staff, but everybody involved in the organization. And once you have that, I think you can build and grow off of that. And that's kind of how you set yourself up for the rest of the season. Because once you have that relationship that's set in stone, you can easily work through your patient care, you know, and get that best possible outcome. Because without that trust, without that respect, you have nothing. Uh, I know for me, there was a, I had to do some sort of personal detachment almost. uh, Because at minor league level, uh, as Juliana's probably experienced, that if you make a certain decision and somebody's going to be out for X amount of time, that might cost a job. Somebody goes home and whether it's somebody you got along with greatly or like as a family man, somebody that, you know, is pursuing something and they got, you know, kids at home. You don't want to be the reason to, that might be getting them sent home, costing them an opportunity. And I know for me, it, it was a tough struggle because I want to be the cheerleader. I want to like help support them. I want to sit there and get them back so that way they can get back to doing what they love and chasing that. But at the same time, if somebody's hurt, I got to do my job professionally, try to take care of them. And as a unforeseen consequence, somebody might get sent home. So it puts you in a bit of a pickle where you got to make a decision. Do I do what my heart wants or do I do what professionally I know is going to be the right call? Mm. Absolutely. And I can just speak from personal experience when it comes to Alexis and Juliana, um, just seeing it firsthand, the amount of respect that they do create and trust and rapport they build with the teams that they work with. I've seen it firsthand at hand as their leader, and it's been really awesome. That's I'm glad you mentioned that, Juliana, because you know that that's really crucial as you ramp up for the season and you had that long season. You're basically family with that team for, for all that time, all those hours. And and Alexis, absolutely, that's a key part of it too. And I think it's really great that the both of them manage is they're able to separate that that professional side while still being the connection side. It's a very unique aspect of a professional sports when it comes to athletic trainers. So thank you for both for mentioning that. Let's switch gears to the college setting now. You know, Alexis with the club sports, but then Patrick also with the the, the, the NCAA sports. What are one or two challenges specific to that realm that you have to keep in mind as an athletic trainer? Biggest thing for me and Chris here over at uh, the college level is just the fact of also they might be athletes. They want to get better every day, but it's always the – commitment aspect of them wanting to they show up to their sport they show up to their practice especially at this level all they want to do is play when it uh added things onto it uh meaning that uh coming into athlete training room doing their due diligence doing their prehab doing um post recovery uh that aspect of some of the athletes here that we deal with um it's kind of a new concept to some of them um, which to me is a surprise. When I was a co- college athlete, all I did was spend time in the athlete training room and afterwards make sure my body was as healthy as I could be. Uh, so right now, that education piece of uh, under- making them understand that like you, some- you got to show up before practice. Just because you have practice at three o'clock does not mean you show up at three and just start getting ready. Practice technically for them should start at like two thirty, and they have a valid warm up, and then afterwards they either coming in here. We always have some sort of recovery. We have plenty of modalities and other things that we can use to assist them in the recovery um, afterwards. So that's one thing that me and Chris are very much harping on right now of trying to right now with the baseball team that we're trying to make sure that they are. uh, It's only beginning of the season. If your arm hurts now, uh, let's hope that you can still make it through the whole season. So that's one of the biggest things. The other one is mainly just a challenge of connection with some of these athletes. It's a very small college. Um, so they, uh, winning them over has been good, but also at the same time, understanding that relationship, since there is a professional and friend relationship between them, as we are not only just, um, clinicians here, we are also trying to build that relationship and also, um, building, mending bridges to other, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to nutrition, there's, uh, sometimes that, the uh, stuff here at the college sometimes isn't exactly what they need or enough. So we have to be able to either point them in the right direction or assist them um, and making them understand that maybe you need a little extra help in this, this category or another category, making them understand they're holistic and not just being, I want to play my sport and only that game and run my body to the ground until I can't. 
but that is that's their mindset but there is a whole other slew of things that they need to do additionally to that so thanks for sharing that patrick that's that's really crucial especially in the world of division three athletics um that that level is super crucial alexis the wonderful world of club sports at the mm-hmm. level <laughs> why don't you share one of those fun uh, challenges that you deal with uh, honestly, I mean, I, I mean, I got 64 teams. I, I have probably like 900 athletes from all sorts of craziness. Uh, but honestly, a lot of the difficulties are similar to what Pat said. Uh, very, very much about the discipline and scheduling and just building a rapport and connection. Uh, a lot of them have the expectation to be treated like varsity athletes or treated like they are potentially like semi-pro or anything along those lines. And just having to have an open, honest conversation about the scheduling differences, the differences in requirements, uh, attention to accessory movements, rehabilitation, prehabilitation, everything that Pat said was pretty much on point. Uh, I I know at the collegiate setting with, at least especially with club sports lately, I find a lot of conversations about, yeah, I guess mental health in regards to schedule management of courses. break up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you know, issues with parents, uh, issues with friends. Somebody went out the night before and didn't let me know. And sometimes when you get that rapport that Pat was mentioning, like, and they're comfortable enough to talk to us about that, we got to switch hats. And you find out you end up spending 30 minutes, like having a conversation about life instead of worrying about rehab. And honestly, for me, I've realized sometimes that's more important than doing our four exercises because then next time they come in, they have an increased energy and like a vigor to get it done. Cause now they know like, Hey, I'm not just there to be like, Hey, how many have you been counting? How many sets have you done? <laughs> Do this, change that. They know I actually care more about them just physically. It's also, I want to know like what's making them tick, what's going on in their head. So again, if I can add to that, um, about basically our rooms are not only just for rehab, as Alex just said, but also of creating a space for them that they truly feel that they can just come in here. And if they need to deload and have a conversation, that is what we're doing today. And that you can just see when they walk in, they have the world weighted on their shoulders at times and they just need to have those conversations. So like rehab might not be to focus that day. You're still doing it, but we're having a conversation at the same time. We can do two things at once. And we all as ATs are very good at that. <laughs> Listen, I I am listening to all of you and I'm connecting with many of you because some of those same things that you're talking about, I see in my clinic with my own patients, right? You're talking about building rapport, you're talking about connecting with people, you're talking about the psychosocial aspect that comes with also either performing as an athlete or just going back to your regular daily activities of walking up the stairs and doing your regular job again. Those things are succinct across all of our spectrums. My question for you, though, as I'm just listening to you guys mull over the number of hours you put in with your with your, with your your clients and the number of people that you have, Lexus, but the, all the teams that you're working with. And that's been a consistent thing across all the shows we've had in the last four weeks. I'm curious about the practical ways that you as ATs are able to do this. How are you able to build rapport? How are you able to get someone to respect? Um, you know, I, even as, as clinicians, it's always hard to build trust when someone you, you don't know who's coming with pain and you know, you know what you know, right? But they don't know who you are, what you do. Like you said, uh, Juliana, you know, you have a very short span to go in there and build these things because the season is so short. So what are some of the techniques or what are some of the the things that you do as ATs to make sure that you, yeah, can find a space where people can trust you to share those things. You can find a space where you're sharing information so that they can respect you off the bat and not, you know, later on where you lose that window of being able to help them. How do you tell someone to pump the brakes when they're so committed to getting that club sport done? How do you tell someone that, you know, to be a little more of that mama mentality when it comes to taking care of the body so they can actually go out there and be better? Because I don't know about you guys, but I look at um, just the current situation of the upcoming generation of people. There's a lack of that. Like that, that mama mentality, that let me get there before and let me put in the work. Like everyone's looking for the now. What can I get now? What's the the minimum? What's the baseline of what my can, I can put in to get the same results? So those things I think are lacking across all of our, our lives. So what are just some of the things that you've seen that have worked when you talk about your clinics, your, your clinicians, your teams, your trainers, all those things? Who's curious? I mean, for me, when it comes to helping build rapport, like, I mean, I let them 
if they're going to be vulnerable with me, I try to be vulnerable with them. So I let them into my life. Like I tell them about like, you know, I've had knee surgery. I have injuries. You know, I have two kids. I'm married. I'd let them get a peek into my life to get that edge off a little bit. So they learn a little bit more about me. And now they feel like this welcoming conversation. I'm letting them know who I am besides just being an athletic trainer. I'm not just an athletic trainer. That is not the true definition of who I am. I'm a father. I'm a husband. You know, I'm a brother. You know, there's many aspects that everybody wears. Once I let that go, all of a sudden, dribs and drabs start coming. Then we can start talking about injuries, how I felt with my surgery. And I'm sure Juliana's probably done the same. So is Pat. When we let them in, it puts us on common ground. We're no longer athletic trainer up here trying to tell you what to do as an athlete. We are one and the same person talking to another person. I want you on the field. I don't want you standing next to me on the sideline. And that's not a personal thing. As your athletic trainer, I get gratification getting you back out there. So the longer you're standing with me or us, the less we feel like we've done our job. Hmm. Yeah. You can go, Julia. Okay. Feeding off of Alexis. So, again, it's, yeah, breaking down the fact that we are people. Um, No matter what your title is, no matter what degree you have, no matter what your role is, we are all people. Um, breaking that down and understanding that and the basis of things, we all have a goal. Again, talking about for us, it's patient-centered care and it's having your patients reach that end goal. Sometimes it doesn't always happen, but it's getting the feedback from them because, again, we are people, we do make mistakes. So we have to reason with them in a way that it understands that, yes, we want the best for you and we'll get you to where you need to be. But like Alexis said, yeah, I want to get you back out there. Um, it might not always go smoothly, and that's okay, because, again, we are people. We do make mistakes, and things happen. Change is inevitable. Um, but, again, it's having them understand that, as people, we are the same level. Um, we just all have different goals. And, yeah, I could tell them, yeah, maybe I want to go to the MLB, too, and I want to be an athletic trainer in the major leagues, just as you want to be in the major leagues. So how can we both get there? I can share my stories. I can listen to what they have to say. And yeah, I'll listen to them. You know, I am a daughter. I am a recent grad. So for me, I face my own challenges. But understanding where they come from and where they want to go is a huge aspect of gaining that trust. I agree with both of you guys 100%. Same way that me and uh, my other coworker here, Chris, uh, we try to kind of, in a way, we do a good backup a little bit. When it comes to just trying to, that sometimes they feel more comfortable coming to him. Sometimes they feel more comfortable coming to me. We just try to, in a way, work it so where no matter what, everyone feels comfortable and being us being vulnerable with them, as you guys said. But also, when you're at part of the other question was that like mama mentality of some of these athletes just not having anymore. Um, in particular, we have, uh, I want to say six and two that are ACL athletes that um, four of them were coming back this year into their sport, um, and then two currently that we have. And just the fact of we are athletic trainers, but we can be sometimes seen in our people skills and our conversational skills as coaches um, to get them to believe that they can do everything that they need to do. Like right now, one of them, we are starting cutting, we are starting sprinting, like they uh, very much can do the things that I see them do in the little tiny steps and the little tiny different movements that they do. And sometimes they're just like, I can't do this. I am exhausted. I'm like, yeah, you're exhausted because you haven't done this in six months. Like this is just a start. And a lot of times when they come in here at first, they're just like defeated by their injury by a little, I'm not going to say a little inconvenience, but like it is a single part of their obstacle to get to the end goal. And they just need to be reminded by us because by building that rapport, being vulnerable with them, they very much can take the fact that we believe in them and their coaches believe in them and they just need to be shown that they can do it. And then when you have that conversation with them, like you just did this, this, and this, and this, you can do that one thing that I'm asking you to do. Stop for a second, empty your brain and just do it. Hmm. Um, Sean, you hit us in the heart with that one, my man. That's a, <laughs> that's a crucial part of, of what we do. And, and one of the things I think that we are all proud of as athletic trainers is that we're in a unique situation where we provide 
patient care on the front lines on a daily basis with someone, sometimes multiple times in a day, and especially in the professional collegiate sports setting, which is really unique to other healthcare professions. Um, and because of that, you build those relationships. And I'm just so proud of our team for, for what they shared because that's spot on with, with what's important um, in what we do as healthcare practitioners and as servant leaders in our realm, um, in, in the realm of healthcare. So um, spot on with those those answers, team, uh, and I couldn't agree more. Let's talk about what excites you. Uh, let's talk, you know, each of you, let's start with Juliana. What is one thing that is like the most exciting part of working with the Staten Island Fairyhawks or, you know, professional baseball? Um, for me, I'd say every day, honestly, is a new challenge. It's a new experience. Like I said, change is inevitable. So things do change every single day, whether that be the lineup, somebody injured, it's very exciting, and I think the family aspect, like I mentioned, even just being part of Jag 1, I love being a part of a team, not just on the field with the Fairy Hawks, but obviously within Jag 1. But the injuries that I've seen are very exciting, I'm not going to lie. As athletic trainers, we do love to see some crazy stuff, but it's also very rewarding when we get to heal our athletes and get them back onto the field. But I'd say the most exciting part is just every day being a new day and getting to do what I love and growing with the team. When we win, we all win. Um, when we lose, like we all feel that. But there's always a new challenge, always a new exciting part to every game, every practice. Doesn't matter. What about you, Pat? Uh, actually, I'll say that everything that we kind of just talked about of the, I mean, every day is a new day. You never know what's going to pop through our doors. That is always going to be exciting when we're at games. You have no idea what is going to happen. And their wins are our wins and their losses are our losses. But the fact of being there for them in every shape and form uh, is the most exciting for me uh, every day that I come in here. I have athletes like, and I also teach at this college. So like every single day I connected with not only the athletes on this campus, but also the student population. And they know my face. They know Chris's face. They know that they can come and have a conversation with us regardless of what it may be. So that just connection with them and being able to be a model for them, not even just in maybe athleticism or maybe in work ethic or maybe just in trying to learn something new every single day. But being able to, um, what's the word I was looking for? Um, it's just being there basically for them. And then also at the same time of uh, kind of trying to have as much fun here with them. They are college athletes. They are, they might be in their early 20s, but they are all still kids at heart. So having just amounts amount of fun while we do our rehab, trying to make games out of it, trying to even at times when we're down on there checking uh, like right now with lacrosse, trying to check on them to make sure everything's going good at practices. I grab a stick and join them like that's it's the only way to for them to know that uh, we're here for them regardless, even during practice and having a little bit of fun with them. So they know that they uh, they come with us to anything if it's injuries or not. So that's every single day, but also playing sports once in a while to uh, get a little uh, rapport with them during practice is always fun too. Awesome. awesome. Patrick. Alexis, what excites you about uh, working with the club sports room? Uh, I get very invested in how my teams perform. Just uh, a little bit, I can say. Just <laughs> Yeah, so especially when I was with the baseball teams, like I, I sometimes have to remind myself like, hey, you're actually working. Like, you, you can't just be a fan right now. Uh, you know, and at club sports lately, if if any of my teams see this, especially my rugby teams, they're probably going to give me a lot of grief. But lately I've gotten pretty attached to them uh, in regards to their performance. And my men's rugby team had a down down year last semester, and it, like, broke my heart to, to see them being that way because I know how much better they should have been. And – just in general, like when I'm on the sideline, that's probably the most excitement I can possibly feel, especially when I have somebody coming back from an injury and it's their first time back. That That's what gives me the juice to keep going. Like I could be exhausted, but if somebody's getting cleared for the first day to go back to a live game, like forget it. Like the moment they step on that field, I'm ready to go. Like I just want to see like how excited that person's going to be, how amped up they're going to be to just be out there again on the field. 
Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Alexis. And that's a big part of it. We, we feel like we're a part of that team because we truly are. And so it's easy to get sucked into it that way. That kind of goes into to my final question for today. Let's start with you, Alexis. Share, you know, in, in, in a minute or so, share a really special highlight or a memory that you have, either in the professional sports realm or the collegiate realm, that just kind of stands out as like, this was an awesome experience to be a part of, uh, something truly memorable. Uh, 2019, when I was with the two baseball teams by far, uh, LIU Brooklyn, I won a tour, uh, NEC championship. I won a MAC championship there, but in 2019, with Maris, but in 2019 with the Jackals and the Miners, both teams made it to the playoffs. The Miners coasted the whole season. The Jackals had a fight for the fourth slot. They both made the championships to play each other. I was the athletic trainer on both sides, doing both teams. And during that season, I also was on the wrong side of a no-hitter thrown by the Miners against the Jackals. So I was on the losing side of a no-hitter for a pitcher that I was really close with on the Miners. So not only was there a no-hitter thrown during that season, not only was there a championship that I got to experience, but I also lost the championship because I was in the Miners' dugout. But the Jackals were the ones who won. So it was so unique. I, I lost but won because you can only be as happy as your saddest child. I had a clubhouse full of upset players, and then on the other side of the wall, I had a team going nuts because they just won the league championship. So yeah. that that was bizarre, but awesome. I love that quote. You can only be as happy as your saddest child. <laughs> that resonates. <laughs> All right. Uh, Juliana, what about you? So our last game of the season would probably be one of the most memorable moments for me. Um, obviously, having a team in their inaugural season was huge. We had a lot of ups and downs, and we grew together. Again, like I said, wins and losses and struggles that we all faced, we kind of felt that together. But it was at the end, you know, we the game played how it played. Our season ended before we really wanted it to, but – they were playing My Way by Frank Sinatra, and we had fireworks, and everybody was just talking and, you know, coming up to me and thanking me for everything that I did. And even people during the season, some of our athletes who honestly said maybe two words to me, were finally having a conversation with me and telling me, you know, thank you for all the work that you did. And I think that really resonated with me because I worked really hard and I felt like sometimes you feel like you come short of what you wanted to do for the season. And at the end, I think as Frank Sinatra said it, he did it his way and we did it our way and I did it my way. And I'm glad that I was able to make a difference in the journey of some of these players who I'll probably never see again, but I feel like I made a difference in their life and they definitely made a difference in mine because going forward for next season, um, that last game really set the tone for what's to come. Awesome. Wrap us up, Patrick. What about you? So kind of continuing on the topic uh, that we kind of been talking about, I had an athlete, um, he's our goalie here um, for the men's soccer team. Uh, he broke his foot before I came here and uh, he was doing his rehab with uh, both of us. But I really connected with him trying to get him back on the field as soon as possible. He made it towards the back end of the season um, and came back and even won his starting spot back. And uh it was the last game of the season. We made it to the championship game. Um, sadly, we did lose. But uh, the connection with those athletes, the fact that uh, he came up to me and Chris, we were both there, and just hugged us, said thank you. And then he was just like, I would not be here without you guys. So those moments as we get them, as we already said before about them, that one moment of them getting back in the field is just priceless to all of us. Their wins are our wins, our losses are our losses, but that was like a win-loss scenario about the fact that like he possibly could have never even been in that situation, but the fact that he trusted us to get him back in that moment uh, was fantastic. Sadly, it is his senior year, and he also they, uh, played basketball, so he was actually able to do that as well that he didn't think he was going to be able to. Um, but he made it back, sadly. They lost that, too. But, again, 
of him and another one of his players that we helped stay on the field. It's just those moments at the end of the season where they are, they take the initiative of themselves and realize that uh, how much work and trust that they put into us and they just appreciate the crap out of it. And so do the coaches. So those moments at the end of the season are always the most memorable parts. Wow, folks. I mean, so many stories, so many stories. I'm inspired just listening to all you guys. And every time I talk about, or talk to people who are working with athletes, I go right back to 20 years ago, back at Brown, doing my running thing, doing whatever else. And the same feelings, the same feelings come up about competition, about being out there or working with your trainer. The trainer that I work with at that time, I had surgery my senior year and uh, I had surgery in September. I tore my meniscus for the second time, um, Jordan High School, Jordan College. And I was out for four months. And I remember my athletic trainer who was also a PT, worked with me for four months straight and got me back to be able to go back to being at the top of the league, won the conference championship indoor and outdoor for track and field for triple jump. And I was just so excited that he was able to get me back there. I remember to this day, all the work I did working with him every single day in his office and not like he all said, not thinking I, I could ever do it, not thinking I'd be able to come back, but him always being like, you can do it. You're going to be fine. You need going to bend to stay on the bike. Just keep moving. And just the confidence that he and my coach, clearly, but the confidence that he instilled in me every single day, that helped. And you see people who win championships or even lose championships, you know, when they're up there with their medals or the trophies and you thank your coaches. But sometimes the people like us, right, especially you, the ATs, are the ones who are literally planting those seeds every single day to get them to be able to be in that position to be victorious. So I thank you. I thank you for your hard work, for your efforts. I think, you know, as a former uh, collegiate athlete and for those who are current ones that you guys are touching every single day, they thank you as well for all the hard work you're doing for them. It should never go unnoticed. And that's why I want to have this month to really highlight the great work that you guys are doing every single day, because it's a profession that literally is on the platform that everyone else should be on. When you're talking about greatness, you're talking about getting over goals, success, and obstacles. You guys do that thing every single day. So I salute each and every last one of you. You guys are doing an amazing job. And to, to be honest, the whole Be More Safe platform is that. We're trying to just highlight people who are being more every single day. So my last question for you is, this whole Be More Safe platform is a, is a name, and it's, it's a title, but it means something different to each of you. So when you hear that phrase, be more today, what does that mean for you in terms of what you're doing for your athletes, even for yourselves on a regular basis? Let's start with Pat. So I'd say that to me personally and personally in my life is outside of professionally. It's just the fact that it's not that hard to be a decent human being. You need to just look at everyone with respect, treat them with respect, and you'll get everything back. As long as you try to improve yourself every single day by either learning something new or having a different conversation in a way or someone they haven't talked to in a while have that conversation even the people that you see every single day so um being uh being better more is just the fact that you take the things that uh you might have not done in a while or things that you do on a non-so consistent basis of just trying to do a little dip better each thing every day but then in a professional setting it's just pushing everyone that you are have under your umbrella to be the best they can be. Have those conversations. A lot of everything that we talked about today is in root uh, rooted in that. Uh, and then just reminding the athletes that, uh, especially me, my level and the collegiate level of just that they are human beings first. You got to better yourself as a human uh, and an athlete at the same time. You can't forget about one or the other. Yeah, that's big. Alexis. Uh actually reminds me of something else that I heard recently. Um, increase your capacity. And you can put like a blank at the end. This is from Alexa Spotify. Alexa, stop. Wait, does that happen often to you? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> happens very frequently in my house. So, so uh, it's more about increasing your capacity in many different fields. You can put a blank at the end of that. And whether it be increase your capacity to be a teacher, to be a student, uh, to constantly be a learning and just constantly pushing yourself to be more and just keep growing. And along those lines, similar to like what we talk about with pursuing mastery is and think about failure or fear of failure is that that could be a very good mentor. Just depends on your mindset and how you think about failure and how you approach it. 
if you're fearing something, it might be a chance because you actually care so much that you're afraid of failing. And that might be a task that you actually should be doing. Mm. That's true. Juliana. So there's a quote that I once heard, and it's one of my favorite quotes. So it goes, the person you should be want to be better than is the person you were yesterday. So I think that truly resonates with the Be More podcast here because you should want to be better in every way, shape, or form than what you did yesterday, who you were. Um, know where you started. I think that's a huge thing for people is know your roots. Um, know where you came from. Know the mistakes that you've made, like Ryan had mentioned earlier, and just grow from where you are. And that goes with everybody. It doesn't matter what career path you're in. doesn't matter who you are or where you want to go. It's just kind of knowing your roots and knowing where you want to be and rolling with whatever life throws at you. Awesome. I, I can't think of a, a better way to, to wrap up this segment and really to tie in, Sean, when we started this conversation at the beginning of this, that quote that you shared about success being measured not so much by the position that we've reached in life, but by the obstacles that we've overcome in trying to succeed. What, what everyone spoke to today really just spot on talks about those obstacles and how we take so much pride as athletic trainers in that journey. It's more about the journey than the destination because the destination is typically going to be something beautiful if you focus on a great journey. And I, I really I thank you, Sean, for, for picking that quote for this. because I think it fit very well with this conversation. I want to thank Alexis, Juliana and Patrick for taking some time out to, to share your stories, to share your, your thoughts and your experience and your perspective. It, it truly is an honor to have the, the three of you on this team. Again, Sean, as we wrap up this series for National Athletic Training Month, thank you so much for what you're doing to, to showcase and highlight these, these fantastic stories. National Athletic Training Month is every March. Uh, we've got a lot of exciting things that have been happening over the last month that we've been doing to promote that. So one last time, I just want to say happy National Athletic Training Month to everyone who is listening. If you are an athletic trainer, if you're not an athletic trainer, maybe that makes you think about someone you know who is an athletic trainer or someone you've interacted with in your life that you can maybe just send them a quick message, say thank you for what you do um, on a daily basis. When you see them, give them a nice high five. And uh, that's always that gratitude is always great to be received as well. So, um, Sean, I'm going to hand it over to you to, to wrap things up with the, the Me More Today details and the, the action steps you got for your followers. Absolutely. And folks, thank you guys so much, Pat, Alexis and Juliana. You made this show one for the books. And Ryan, of course, you already know I had to have you on. We started this thing together and we're going to end it together today. So I appreciate you. And folks, if you already know or if you don't know, check out Ryan's podcast, the Catalyzing Podcast for Athletic Trainers. It is on all popular podcast platforms. Please go on there and subscribe to his show. All the ATs who are out there or people who want to be ATs, just learn about the crap as well. Go out there, great content, great content, and continuing the AT conversation every single time you go into our podcast. So follow him and all his podcast stuff as well. And of course, if you're looking for a provider for healthcare when it comes to athletic training, physical therapy, occupational therapy, we are that. Jacqueline Physical Therapy is that company. We are that brand. We're everywhere in the Northeast and we are growing daily. So you've already heard the great stories from our colleagues here who are doing amazing things for our communities. If you want to learn more about us, jag1pt.com. Please go on the site and look us up. We are everywhere and uh, you will not be disappointed. You will get back to the life that you love. Indeed, indeed. Uh, as always, follow us and be more today for our show. Podcast is everywhere. Of course, our book is everywhere as well. And we will continue to keep you moving forward with things to say, keep you inspired to go out there and be the best version of you. So have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life. Continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you, folks. Happy 18 month for all the ATs out there. Be blessed.